The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture, that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, happy Easter. It's over. The long-awaited dread of Lent is gone, and the cold emotional winds that have blown by are gone now, and here to refresh us are the warm and wonderful rejuvenating springtime air. All of creation seems to be telling us the story of new life, of birth, or hope after the long cold months of winter. But we're in Virginia, so we could still get snow in May, so we'll see what happens. But everything from warm temperatures to the promises of new life and new beginnings seem to be popping up all over. And what do we always say since about the mid-1200s? That's right, grace builds upon nature. So the church, in showing extraordinary things, is going to relate them always to ordinary things so that we may better understand the universe. So the Lord chose the time of Passover to be the time of his ultimate sacrifice, the time which usually falls in spring. And he chose that time to tell us the story of life, death, and resurrection. And he tells that story through his own blood, a body. Even if we didn't do anything for Lent, we can still feel relief just from the fact that Easter is now here. Maybe it's just me, but this morning the air seems sweeter, the depression seems a little less, and the terrible circumstances of life seem at least to have a silver lining. Something is different this morning, and it's not just the weather. We can blame the calendar and say that we have just been anticipating this date, and so now, emotionally, we expect something to be different today. And that may be true to an extent. But deep down, if we stop to think about it, we can feel that something is truly different this morning. Not because Jesus needed to be re-crucified, or that if he doesn't rise from the grave and see his shadow, we have six more weeks of damnation, but because when we have taken time to focus on the sacrifice of Jesus, of how he chose to die for us while we were still sinners and didn't deserve it, if we choose to focus on this alone, humanity 
rejoices, for truly he is risen. But the amazing part is that even after his death and resurrection, he still cares for us and does not abandon us in our sin. The first reading, Peter starts off by delivering this line. He says, you know what has happened. He says this to the very early church, but this is decades after the resurrection. What if you didn't know? What if you had no idea what was supposed to happen? What if you weren't Jesus with his supernatural knowledge, but rather you were the heartbroken Mary Magdalene? Now, you may have heard me say this in previous homilies, and I will always say it. If there is ever a chance for me to preach or grab Mary Magdalene from some obscure reference and preach about her, I absolutely will. For Mary Magdalene is one of the most important women in the history of the church. And unfortunately, we let some Protestant minister and speculative theologian in the 1600s besperch her name and say that she was nothing more than a common prostitute. Now, let me be very clear. Mary Magdalene was never, for the first 1500 years of the church, never thought of as a prostitute. And then in the 1600s, we let her name be ragged through the mud. So, that being said, Mary Magdalene is one of the most important women in all of the scriptures. She is the one that loved the Lord and followed him, not because she was in love with him, but because when someone rescues you, you cannot help but feel a certain sense of devotion to them. She was someone who Jesus cast out seven demons, but that did not make her a prostitute. There was nothing she could have done that would have, in her mind, repaid the Lord for his goodness. So she gave him the only thing she did have, her deep and honest devotion. Mary arrives in the gospel today, and she is greatly distressed because she doesn't know the Lord's plan. Mary still thinks like a human. She still expects that no one has ever come back from crucifixion. But why? Hasn't she seen her own brother Lazarus raised from the dead by this same Christ? If he can save others, can he not save himself? This is not only the psalm, but the way that the Pharisees talk about Jesus when he is on the cross. If he is from God, let him save himself. He saved others. Can't he do the same for himself? Now, Mary is still thinking like a human, but she is graced with extraordinary miracles. The first of these miracles is that she is called to proclaim the resurrection to the rest of the church. She is, as the church has always called her, the apostle to the apostles. It is Mary that runs to tell Peter. First, this recognizes the primacy of apostleship that Peter held as given by Christ. He was the first among equals of the apostles. But second, Mary runs, not knowing the end of the story, for it is all unfolding for her in real time. She runs as fast as she can, hoping to bring information that doesn't make sense to her to someone who will help her make sense of it all. In other Gospels, Jesus speaks with her directly at the tomb. But just like today, it feels 
I'm sorry, that's a typo. Jesus speaks directly with her at the tomb in other Gospels. But this one, she has to run to go proclaim the message. I'm sure that her, tomb, her walk to the tomb was very different than her run from the tomb. For Mary no longer has to talk about the goodness of the Lord that she has experienced through others. She has experienced the greatest miracle of all time, and she was the first to experience it. She experienced the Lord saving and resurrecting himself and us with him. Through his resurrection, he has opened the gates of heaven and allows us to be saved from ourselves. So this day is a day of great rejoicing. We should absolutely feast and be glad on this day. For even if everything in our life is still terrible, the fact remains that salvation is possible. We may not be able to control much, like Mary Magdalene as she walked to the tomb. But we know that God is still a God of miracles. And if he has walked out of the grave and destroyed death by death, then we know he will do miraculous things in our lives today. My brothers and sisters, this is the biggest and best day of the whole liturgical year. For on this day, we celebrate above and over every other day the fact that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. My brothers and sisters, may Jesus Christ be praised now and forever.